chapter 1. I got a little feedback, but I might be a little too loud, believe that or not. Who laughed? Who laughed? Melissa, you just loud as I am. Romans chapter 1. Glad you say. I'll tell you, I was thinking about that last song they sung there for all he's done. One thing that he did, we stayed out this morning in Sunday school, was he took our sins, sin nature that we had, and carried them away. And they're gone. Somebody said, how far did he carry them? I don't know. Far enough. And they're gone. He put them in a place nobody will ever find them. The devil would love to dig them up, but they're gone. I'm glad I no longer owe the debt of sin. Hallelujah. I owed a debt I couldn't pay. And see, when I was lost and in my sin, I had this mounting sin debt. And it was taking me to hell. Now, all it takes is one sin to take you to hell. But I had a mounting sin debt. I couldn't pay it. I was in over my head. I remember one time, and I'm going to preach here in a minute, but when I first went off to Western to school, they had all these credit card companies. And uh, they'd set up there in the cafeteria, and if you'd sign up for their credit card, they'd give you a free T-shirt. And so here I was, a ninth grader, no job, no credit history. And I went down through there to every one of them tables, and I signed up. And got a t-shirt at every table. I had a Discover t-shirt and a MasterCard t-shirt and a Visa t-shirt. Well, lo and behold, in a few months, here's all these credit cards come rolling in. I never had had nothing like that in my life. And I said, oh, $500, I'll spend that. Oh, $800, I'll spend that. Didn't have no job now, mind you, no job. Mom and Daddy was giving me $50 a week to live on. And before I knew it, I was about $2,000 in credit card debt. This is in 1995. Been like about $10,000 now. And I had a debt I couldn't pay. And them creditors, they didn't think too kindly of it. They got sending me nasty letters. Saying, you got to pay. I couldn't pay them. (laughs) <laughs> they should have thought of that before they give that to a college kid without no job. Couldn't pay it. It's the same way with sin. Mounted up and I couldn't pay it. But then one day I came to Christ and he said, paid in full. Paid in full. Now I don't owe that debt anymore. But what I'm going to show you this morning is that there is a debt I still owe. I'm not off scot-free. There is a debt I still owe. Let's look in Romans 1 verse 13. The Bible said, Now I'd not have you to be ignorant, brethren, that... 
oft times I proposed to come to you, but was let hitherto that I might have some fruit among you, even as among other Gentiles. Now look what Paul said in verse 14. I am debtor. I am debtor. Both to the Greeks and to the barbarians. Both to the wise and to the unwise. The Lord will help us a few minutes this morning. I, I want to preach on the debt we still owe. Debt we still owe. Let's pray together. Father, Lord, we ask God in Jesus' name that you'd help us this morning. Without you, we're nothing, but through you we are able and accepted in the beloved. And so, Father, I pray tonight, this morning, Lord, that you'd help us to stand where the flesh should fail us. Help us, Lord, to bring you honor and glory in these days. We'll thank you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I want us to think this morning here about what Paul said in this great book of Romans. Some would say that it's the greatest of all of Paul's works, the writing to the church at Rome. And he said, he makes this phrase. He said, I am debtor. And this morning, uh, I want us to think a little bit about what Paul thought of himself. Now, over the last few weeks, I've been dealing a lot with the mind. We dealt with David. How that David thought his way into trouble concerning Saul. And it was a battle of the mind that caused David to go to Ziklag. Then last Wednesday night, we dealt with Elijah. Elijah had a battle of the mind. And Elijah, it was a fear of Jezebel that caused Elijah to run to the wilderness. And he lost this battle of the mind. I was telling Brother Allen this morning, seems like right now, every place I study, God shows me something about what's going on in the mind. I believe it's very important. But here this morning, we'll see a little bit about how Paul thought about himself. You see, while it's important to guard how we think about others, while it's important to guard how we think about circumstances, uh, perhaps the most important thing to guard uh, is how that we think about ourselves. Uh, We saw it in Elijah's life Wednesday night, uh, how that Elijah began to think of himself higher uh, than he ought to think. Uh, Now now Paul here, uh, he could have said a lot of things. uh, uh, He could have really bragged on himself uh, but instead, he emphasized this thought uh, of him owing a debt. Uh, I read this in a book. There's a book called As a Man Thinketh. It's a pretty good book. Uh, I read it this week and it said this. Uh, it said, in the armory of thought, uh, a man fashions the weapons by which he will either destroy himself uh, or build himself up. Uh, that happens inside the brain. Uh, you'll either destroy yourself uh, or build yourself up with the way that you think. And here we we see a little bit about how that Paul thought about himself. Now I want you to think about this. We see in these verses 
and other verses where Paul writes that he had a proper way of thinking about himself. He had a proper understanding of himself as far as the position he was in. He told Timothy in 1 Timothy 1.15, he said, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. And so when Paul looked at himself, he said, I'm nothing but an old filthy, rotten, hell-deserving sinner. And he had a proper respect for who he was. Can I say to you this morning, there's nothing good about me. I'm just an old hell-deserving sinner. If I got what I deserved this morning, I'd have busted hell wide open uh, without hope or help. I'm not any better than anybody else in this building. I know exactly what I am today. Sometimes church folk get all puffed up and they start to really think there's something and God has to jerk the rug out from under them and show them that without Him, we're nothing and we're nobody. But Paul had a proper understanding of himself. He said, I am the chief of sinners. He said, I'm just an old sinner saved by God's amazing grace. Amen. How many of you this morning can agree with me and say you're a big nothing and a nobody. But one day God came to where you were and showed you His grace and saved you and put your feet upon a solid rock and established your goings. Boy, I'm glad this way. I'm a nothing but he is everything to me I'm a terrible person I am you say no now preach I'm telling you look at I'm a terrible somebody I live in this flesh and I know I know my temper and I know my hang ups and I know my problems but I'm glad thank God that one day Jesus washed all that away Well, glory, hallelujah. Paul had a proper understanding of the position he was in. But then Paul had a proper understanding of the problems that he faced. This is just a little introduction. Romans 7 and 21, the Bible said, I find then a new law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity the law which is in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? You know what Paul said even after he got saved? I think we'd all agree in here this morning that Paul is a spiritual giant, but he didn't see himself that way. He said, I see myself as a troubled man. He said, oh, wretched man that I am he understood that in his flesh there was still a problem he understood that his flesh was capable of doing most anything he had a proper uh, a proper assessment of the problems that he faced now I know some of you Holy Ghost Junior (laughs) you done arrived and you know everything about everything but I'm going to tell you uh, you might want to rethink where you're going to church because there's some, there's some sorry dogs like me in here and, and we might drag you down. We might corrupt you a little bit. 
I'm just, hey, I'm just simply saying this. I understand that I still live in this flesh. I understand. So Paul had a proper understanding of the problems he's faced. Then he had an understanding of the predicament that he encountered. 1 Corinthians 9, 27. He said, but I keep under my body and bring into subjection lest by any means when I preach to others I myself should be a castaway. Paul said, I'm afraid that even as a preacher there might come a day when I'd slip and fall by the wayside and become a castaway. Some of you look down your nose on people who've slipped out of church and you say, well, how sorry they are. But I'm going to tell you, be better mind yourself and consider yourself lest ye yourself should become a castaway. And Paul understood that. You see, he worked very hard at not having too great of opinion of himself. Then here's what I want to preach. Paul understood the payment he owed. Look what he said here. Go back to Romans, uh, Romans chapter 1 verse 14. Look what he said. He said, I am debtor. I am debtor. That is, now I want you to notice the grammar he uses. He didn't say, I am a debtor. Now that's not a mistake in your Bible. That's in there that way for a reason. He didn't say, I am a debtor. But he said, I am debtor. In other words, it's almost like he is introducing himself and that is his name. Evening, I am debtor. In other words, it was who Paul considered himself to be. He considered himself to be a person who was continually in debt. And so the grammar denotes that he's not just a debtor, but that he indeed lives a life where he identifies himself as debtor. But then I want you to notice the grandeur that he owes. He says, I'm a debtor both to the Greeks and the barbarians. Now I want you to note something. Paul didn't say, I am debtor to the Lord. He didn't say, I owe the Lord. Now ain't that interesting? (laughs) You'd think if you owed anybody... It'd be the Lord you owed. Let me show you something about what God did. Remember I was talking about that pile in debt? You know I was talking about how I was lost in my sin on my way to hell. When he forgave that sin, Brother Neil, he never holds that over my head again. He never has expected any repayment in return. I'm, I'm not a debtor to the Lord. He done away with that debt. He, he caused it to go away. He carried it away. I don't owe a debt to him anymore. Uh, you see, if I owed a debt to him and he hung it over my head, uh, then I'd never really be forgiven. Uh, I'm glad this morning uh, I don't owe the Lord a debt. Uh, he paid the debt. Uh, he made the way. Uh, he made it free. Uh, and I no longer owe him. So it's not the Lord I owe a debt to. I'm a, I, hey, I'm fixing to teach you something that's, that's real scriptural. We try to live our life like we don't pay the Lord back. Yeah. 
We'll never get him paid back. But I'll tell you what Paul said. He said, I'm debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and the unwise. Here's what Paul said. Paul said, I owe a debt to humanity. Now that's, that's something to think about. He said, I owe a debt to mankind. He said, I don't owe the Lord. He paid that and forgave it and made me free from it. I don't owe him a debt. He paid my debt I couldn't pay. But he said, I, I tell you who I do owe. I owe mankind. I owe mankind. And he noticed, he said both the Greeks. Now the Greeks at that time were the pinnacle of thought. The pinnacle of education. But he said the barbarians, the barbarians, now the Greeks, they believed anybody that was not a Greek or didn't speak Greek was a barbarian. And they made fun of, and the way they got that word barbarian is they said that's how they talked. Bar, 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 so barbarian. Paul said, I would debt to that bunch of Greeks, those that are educated. And he said, I owe a debt to those barbarians. Those that are uneducated. I owe the debt to the high society. I owe a debt to low society. I owe a debt to all mankind. Now, God gave ten commandments on Mount Sinai. The first five of those commandments dealt with man's relationship with God. But the last five commandments dealt with man's relationship toward man. Go look at it. Just like those offerings, we've been studying the offerings in Bible college. That first whole burnt offering was God's port, was giving the portion to God. But that meal offering had to do with man's portion and our duty to man. See? Jesus put it this way. The Pharisees asked him one day, said, what's, what's the greatest commandment? He said, well, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, with all thy mind. But then he said, the second is like unto it. Like unto it. Love thy neighbor as thyself. He said, upon these hang all the law and the prophets. So the whole Bible can be summed up with them two commands. To love God and love man. Paul said, I owe my community a debt. He said, I owe, I owe people, I, I owe my neighbors a debt. God saved me. I got to hear the gospel message. Somebody came to where I was at and preached. And now I owe the debt to spread the gospel message. Look at verse 15. Here's what he owed. So as much as is in me, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. Paul said, I owe a debt. Here's how I'm going to pay it. Somebody told me about Jesus. I'm going to go tell somebody about Jesus. Somebody preached the gospel to me. Now I'm going to go preach the gospel to somebody else. I owe that debt. That's a debt I still owe. The debt I owe, Brother Marvin, is to spread 
the good news of the gospel uh, everywhere that I possibly can. It's my job to tell others that Jesus died to redeem mankind. That he was buried according to the scriptures. That he arose on the third and pointed day according to the scriptures. So that nobody would have to die and go to hell. But that everybody could be saved. That's my debt I owe society. So I just want us to look real quickly this morning about some people I owe. There's some people I owe a debt, and I need to repay. Number one, can I say that we all owe a debt to the crowd that came before us? Hebrews 11 is that great hall of faith, and it talks about those believers that went on. And in Hebrews 12:1, we read, Wherefore, seeing we're compassed about, with so great a cloud of witnesses, uh, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, uh, and let us run with patience the race uh, that is set before us. Uh, who's Paul talking about? That great cloud of witnesses. Uh, he's talking about them saints that he was uh, mentioning there in Hebrews 11. Uh, they went before us. Uh, they made the way. Uh, we owe it to them to stay right. Uh, we owe it to them to spread the gospel. Uh, we owe it to them to preach the truth. Uh, we owe it to them, my friend, uh, to tell others about the Lord Jesus Christ. There are those, there's the crowd that went before me. Can I say number one, they blazed a trail. (laughs) They blazed a trail. We didn't get to this point on our own. We owe our salvation to those that went before us and blazed the trail. I was listening this week and I got Sirius XM in my truck. I was going down the road and I was listening to the Billy Graham channel. And uh, I, don't, I don't care what you think about him or not. I, I listen to who I want to listen to. And you and your car, you listen to who you want to listen to. Amen. I listened to Mace Jackson this week too, but I was listening to Billy Graham that day. It was one of them messages from back in the 50s. And I got thinking to myself, I don't believe I've ever heard a clearer presentation of the gospel. I mean, it was a, one of the best presentations of the gospel I've ever heard in my life. And I was just th- I got to thinking about men that went before us. I got to thinking about Billy Sunday. I got to thinking about D.L. Moody. I got to thinking about Charles Spurgeon. I got to thinking about some of these men that believed the Bible and preached the Word of God. I got to thinking about church ages that were before us. Uh, boy, I tell you, every now and again, I get to thinking about some of the saints at this church that I buried. Just a few weeks ago, I was watching one of our old videos and I seen Leon's head sitting there and I got thinking about Leon. Wouldn't it be a shame if 2022, the Concord Baptist Church dropped the ball? Wouldn't it be a shame if we got more worried about things that happen in this world than we are about preaching the Word of God? Wouldn't it be a shame if we messed up uh, this close to home and quit preaching the good news of the gospel? Uh, I'm telling you, we owe it to those uh, who went before uh, to keep on preaching. Uh, I'm a debtor to that crowd that went before me. They blazed the trail, Brother Neil. They showed the way. They blazed the trail. Now, I'm telling you what I was told, what I've been told. You pick up any 
This week I read an article and uh, it just come up in my news feed. It said 10 things had a woman standing like this. It's like from God Post Magazine or something like that. 10 things that churches need to stop doing. I can't tell you all 10, but I can tell you what I found was three of them. Number one, stop giving an altar call. Number two, stop having Bible study. Number three, stop having sermons. They said the preacher ought to get up and do a PowerPoint presentation and have some sort of interactive experience. God help us. Here's what they say. They say you can't build a church on old time preaching, old time singing, loving sinners. Hey man, you can't build a church like that. That's old school. I'm telling you, they doesn't blaze the trail. Hey man. Mm, hey, we're up here stuck on the side of the road uh, in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and I'd say we're doing pretty good on a Sunday morning. Hallelujah. I'd say let's just stay with the stuff. We owe it to those that went before us. How to stay with it and preach the word and worship God. We're a debtor. We owe it to them. They blazed the trail. Man, I got to hurry. They blazed the trail. They bestowed a doctrine in an age when church has become either emotional fluff or traditional flop. In a time where it seems like it's either the preacher wearing skinny jeans or, or take, a, take a text and scream. That seems to be the only two, that seems to be the only two options. In, the, in those days, I'm glad that there has been a trailblaze, Brother Allen, of some expositional preaching, some solid foundational gospel doctrine. Hallelujah. Oh, I like it emotional. I like hard preaching. Uh, and I'm going to tell you, there better be some substance to it. Uh, there better be some goods with it. Amen. Uh, I'm glad, thank God, there's some men that believe this Bible and taught me how to study it. Uh, amen. Taught me how to dig the truths out of it. Uh, taught me how to rightly divide it. Uh, hey, I owe it to them to stay with it. Uh, y'all wouldn't like how I look in skinny jeans anyhow. Amen. I don't know how I'd look. I ain't never had none on. They blazed the trail. They bathed it in prayer. So, we owe a debt to the crowd that went before us. Then let me say we owe a debt to the children that are before us. I like what we got going on right now at the church. I like all these little toe-headed youngins running around. I love it. I'll, it tickles me to death. And they some, they some of you say, well, they little, they little rambunctious. You was too one time. Just because you've slowed down don't mean you've got to be hard on that bunch still going. Amen. And they're running and they're playing. And I owe it to them. We owe it to them. Paul said we owe, we owe all of humanity. Somebody told you. I've told you a thousand times one of the first presentations of the gospel that I can never remember in my mind back in the back end of the where the pulpit sat at the Law Branch Baptist Church little Ollie with her flannel graph board putting out the picture of Jesus and putting out the empty tomb and putting the cross up there I tell you I never have forgot it just a little old boy somebody told me 
Somebody cared enough about me to tell me Jesus loves me, Jesus died for me, Jesus arose on me. Somebody cared that much about me. We've got little ones running all over this church and we owe it to them. We owe it to them. Somebody told me. Somebody, Brother Marvin, taught me. Get this. Somebody tolerated me. And I know when I was a little old kid running around, there's probably some of them old heads thought, what a snot-nosed brat. Why can't that? There was probably a time when I was loud at church. There's probably a time when my mom and daddy couldn't have to pay attention to the preaching because I was a flopping all over the place. But you know what? Somebody tolerated that when I was doing it. Amen. Amen. I tell you, mom and daddy, something just keep dragging them youngins to church. I I don't care if they're turning the chairs over and throwing stuff out. I I don't care. Keep bringing them out. Oh, they say, well, they make a racket and they talk a lot. Somebody tolerated you when you was that size. Hey, we owe it to them youngins uh, to have them in the church house uh, and to tolerate them being here uh, and to encourage them and to teach them. Uh, Amen. We owe it to that crowd that's coming up behind us. We owe them. We owe them. I tell you, you hadn't ought to ever be mean to one. Now, helping and correcting, that's one thing. But I can still remember, I can still remember, listen, listen to me, some of you older folks, listen to me right here. I can remember when I was a kid, we had some sweet old saints. And to this day, they're dead and gone, and I still think on them with fond memories. But then I can remember we had some soured old saints. And I still remember them, but it's not the same kind of memory. So if you want to die and everybody go, that's a sourpuss, Lord have mercy. She... Then go ahead. But if you'd like to die in years from now when they're mowing your grave in the cemetery, somebody that somebody was just a little kid at the time say, boy, what a sweet, what a sweet lady. That was a sweet lady. <laughs> we owe it to them. I'm on... I'm just preaching. My dad gave me my granddad's billfold. He had it in his pocket when he died. Or when he had the aneurysm on the lake. He died some weeks later. And my dad, last year he said, I won't give it to you. So I just got it and got it. He gave me a pocket knife, what he had in his pockets the day that he. And so I put it in my safe. I put it in my gun safe. Well, it's coming week, Tuesday. I'm going to take Reagan to get a permit. Y'all pray for us. So I had, to, I had to find her social security card and her birth certificate. All that stuff's in the safe. So I opened the safe, and I was looking for that stuff, and I come across my granddaddy's wallet. And I thought, I'm going to look, see what he had in here. I never, have even, I never did even look at it. He gave it to me, and put it in the safe. So I got it out. He's got the cutest little picture of my nanny in a bathing suit when she's looked like she's about 19 years old. 
My papa, my grandmother, my nanny was always real outspoken about her faith. She's the greatest Christian I ever knew. But my papa never said much about it. He always was a church going man, but he never said much about it. He never said much, much about nothing, really. But in that, where he kept his special things, see, he had a little card with some Bible verses wrote down. Kept in his billfold. And that meant a lot to me. I was sitting there looking at it. In that billfold is about $220 of old money. You know, them old $20 bills. But the most valuable thing in there was them verses wrote down on that paper. You see, somebody believed in me. Somebody invested in me. And if you're here and you're saved, somebody believed in you. Somebody invested in you. And now you owe a, you owe a debt to that bunch coming behind you. We owe a debt to every one of these little old buggers. So we owe a debt to the crowd that's before us. We owe a debt to the children coming behind us. We owe a debt to the Christians that are around us. I'm not going to stay right there, but I owe y'all a debt. All my friends, all my family, I owe it to you to do the right thing. I owe it to you to forgive you the way I'd want to be forgiven. I owe it, I owe it to you. See, I owe it to commit myself to a Christian life. I owe it to you. You owe it to me. But then lastly, I'm going to be done giving all the call. We owe a debt to the condemned that surround us. Down here in the trailer park, no doubt there's some folks laying. Randall right down here this morning hung over from bad decisions last night. I owe them something. Because that could be me. That could be me. You know why we send missionaries to the jails? Because we owe them something. That could be us. There's so much wrong with this world. Now you know me, I... I believe you ought to go out and vote a Tuesday. I think you ought to pray about it. Vote for those that believe what you believe. But the real problems in this world won't be solved on Tuesday. Because we'll wake up Wednesday and this world's still going to be full of broken, lost people. And the only real hope is that somebody would get a burden and tell them about Jesus. 
wonder this morning if I had you raise your hand. I'm not asking you to do it, I just wonder. If I had you raise your hand for every person in here that had spent an hour or more telling somebody about Jesus this week. I wonder how many Christians at the Concord Baptist Church could raise their hand on a Sunday morning and say, Preacher, I spent at least an hour. I owe a debt, and I know it. I've spent at least an hour out of all this week trying to tell somebody about Jesus. Yeah. My guess is that most would not raise their hand. Can I remind you this morning that you owe a debt? Somebody cared enough about you to tell you. Now, the debt is yours. You've got to pass it on, pass it on, pass it on. Let's stand our feet. Father, thank you, Lord, for allowing us to preach this morning. I've just tried to share the Word of God today. Lord, we owe a debt. We owe a debt. I pray, God, that you'd move on some hearts of some Christians, Lord, to gather around this altar this morning and commit to a repayment program. Lord, if there's someone here to lost today and don't know you the free pardon of sin, I pray they'd find their way to an altar and ask you for forgiveness. Do a work in our midst, and we'll thank you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Folks are already moving toward the altar. Preacher, today I owe a debt. Boy, I need to get on the, I need to get on a payment plan. I've got to get on a payment plan. I gotta get busy. I got friends dying and going to hell. I got family dying and going to hell. These little ones need need me to tell them. You need me to teach them and tolerate them. I owe a debt. I owe a debt and I need to get on a payment plan. Lord, Would you help us this week to tell somebody about you? Would you help me this week? Help me, Lord, to look face to face with somebody and tell them how much Jesus loves them. I pray that you'd put away pride from our hearts Contention, Lord, put it far away. Pretense, take it away, Lord. Help us just to follow you this week and tell it others, God, please. Break our hearts for sinners. Give us a soft heart for these young'uns around here, Lord. Do that now as only you can. Thank you and praise you for all you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You stay to get.